0: Well, good morning. I want to dive right into this and look at a, a text we're going to be reading today in Luke chapter 10. Uh, if you've been in church for any period of time, this might be a real familiar passage for you. Um, but I want to just dive into this again and look at it today and see what God uh, can reveal to us today through this text. So Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 38, it says, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So we have a woman here in this story that she finds herself just so incredibly busy. And I want to take a look at one more verse. First Peter 5, 7 says, Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. We've titled the message today, uh, Busy? Because I wonder how many of us, if we were to ask the question, uh, do you wish you had more free time? Do you know, just take care of me, take care of yourself? Is that you today? Who am I talking to that you wish you had more time, right? You're busy. You're busy. It's funny. I think the most common conversation I have with people around our church sounds like this. Like, hey, how you doing? They're like, I'm good, but man, I'm just I'm busy. I've got our work has been crazy. I'm traveling out of town. I got this going on. We're working double shifts. My kids are in soccer right now. It's springtime. Their soccer is just going, going I gotta go right now. In fact, I've got to leave. And it it feels like life can just be absolutely Busy. So I, I want to dive into this today because I believe that there's a lot that Jesus wants to say to you and I um, that feel like we've got a little bit too much of on our plate sometime. Uh, so, would you pray with me before we dive into this scripture? Heavenly Father, uh, it's in Jesus' name right now that we pray that your Holy Spirit would come into this room and that you talk to us. That God, we would understand exactly what it is that you want us to know about your love and your grace for where we are today. So help us today. God, I pray that you get me out of the way and that you come in this room and teach us today through your word. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I wonder, do you ever look back and like remember when life was easier? And in fact, I think for whatever stage of life you're in, you can look back at one of the earlier stages and like remember when life was easy back then? I know there's some of you here in this room that you're going, what, are you in your 30s? Like, I remember when life was that easy. (laughs) Like, I think we can all look back at an earlier stage. I got to tell you, sometimes if I'm honest, I I look back and I fantasize about the freedom I had before we had kids. Now don't get me wrong, you're like, oh my gosh, does he not love his kids? I love my children, two of the most beautiful, wonderful gifts God has ever given me. But let's be honest, parents, sometimes we look back and we're like, man, remember those days when you just like, you had freedom. I mean, freedom to travel, you know? I'm not talking about, like, traveling across the country. I'm saying, like, just going to the grocery store, like, freedom to travel. Like, I remember, do you remember that? When you could just, like, you, hey, babe, let's, let's go to the mall. And you get in the car, you go to the mall, you, like, hop out of your car, hit the beep, beep, as you're walking in. You're in the mall now. Like, if you, if you don't have kids yet, you don't know how good you have it. Fast forward a couple of years, Amelie and I have two girls in car seats. A, a couple of years back, and and I remember we'd we'd have conversations like, "Dan, I got to go to the store." I'm like, "Really?" Like. You have to go to the store right now. We're deciding, like, is it better to leave one of us at home outnumbered with two kids, or is it better to, like, try to travel to the store together? And we finally decide, we're going to go for it. We're going to travel together. So we're like, all right, let's get them in the car. And we realize they're both, like, running around in their diapers and stuff, so it's time to get them dressed And she takes one, I take the other. We wrestle them down, we get them dressed, we haul them to the car. They're complaining because they don't like the clothes that they're wearing. They would have picked the other shoes. We get them into the car seat and we finally start driving after I get them in their five-point harnesses, right? This is the only time in this stage of my life where I felt like I was at peace. They're locked up in the back and this is like the most relaxing stage of my life right now. And I drive to the mall at three miles an hour because I want this to last, you know. Finally, we get to the mall, I, I pull into the Target parking lot, I swing in there, I come around the back, and I got to get the stroller out of the back of the car, and while I'm opening up the back, someone drives up, sees me standing there, they think I've got to be leaving, so they turn their blinker on like they're going to get my spot, and I'm waving, I'm like, no, we're going in, and they wave at me like, yeah, I see your spot, I'll, I'll, I'll wait for your spot, I'm like, we're going in, and, and he's just sitting there staring at me like, so now I feel rushed, so I take the stroller, I come around the corner, and I look, and I think, wait a minute. You're in a five-point harness, how are you naked again? Where did your shoes go? So I'm in the parking lot trying to dress my daughter and I'm like, how did we end up with two right-footed sandals and not even the pair of shoes that I put on your feet before we left, this is crazy. And I look back out and the guy's like honking his horn now trying to get my spot, I'm like, we're going in! I get my kids in the car seat, in the stroller. And we push them into the mall. We finally walk into the front doors of Target. And I'm like, oh, Amelie, I need to sit down, okay? <sighs> Man. See, I think Martha gets a bad rap in this story. You know, because we read this story in Luke chapter 10. And, and you hear people talk about it. And they're like, you know, I wish I had a heart like Mary. We should all be more like Mary where we can just like bask in the presence of God and just lay at his feet. And and, and no one really says, you know, I want to be like Martha. I just wish I had more to do. I wish I was more disconnected. You know, I I wish that I I could just like ignore Jesus and what he's trying to do and just move on. See, I don't think that's fair at all because I think Martha really gets a bad rap here. And sometimes I wonder, I look at this story and I wonder, maybe, maybe the reason that Mary gets to lay at the feet of Jesus is because Martha's the one paying the bills. Have you ever seen this before? It says this. It says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, they came, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home. Oh, now I get it. Mary's a freeloader. Right? Right? <laughs> See, she come on, guys. She's the roomie. She ain't paying the bills. Martha's paying the bills, she's got the responsibility She's in there working, she's trying to take care of the house She's paying for everything that's going on Has all the preparations for the house While Mary's in the other room watching reruns of soap operas And watching The Voice and thinking, maybe I should try out for The Voice I don't have enough to do on my plate, I should go and find something else to do And Martha, like, come on guys, let's be honest here It's really easy to be Mary when you're not Martha Martha It's really easy to to find a lot of time to just sit down at the feet of Jesus and bask in his presence when you don't really have any responsibilities. I mean, do you remember earlier stages of life when you just had so much more time you could have spent with God? I was talking to J.L. um, before the service, and and just kind of talking to her about what this topic was like, and she's like, "I know." She goes, "I spent my twenties basically being able to just put on worship music and, and and worshiping God and just hanging out in His presence." And now she has like I don't know, fourteen kids or something like that. <laughs> and she told me, she goes, "I had a big win yesterday." She goes, "I got a seven minute quiet time in yesterday." I'm like we're gonna chalk that one up for a win, success, you know? Put a gold star on your poster for that one. That's. That's awesome. But do you remember, it's like we look back at other stages of our life and go, man, I feel like I had so much more time. I had so much more time where I could just spend with God. I could learn. I could grow. And now there's so much going on. And what's interesting is when we become followers of Jesus, he starts to bless us. So we start praying for things. And we're like, well, God, I, I want a family I want to get married. I want to have kids. I want a good job. So then God blesses you and He gives you a family. He gives you a wife or a husband. He gives you a good job. And now all these things take up so much time. There's such a big responsibility that now life has become so much more busy. And it's because it's the exact same thing you were asking for. It's not a problem to be busy, in fact, it's a blessing. Because it's the blessings that God give us that cause us to become so busy. Man, it it is so much easier to be Mary when you're not Martha. See, I know some of you, you you shudder at this passage because you go, great, here we go. The story about Mary and Martha. Because I'm the one who is in the laundry room. I'm the one who's in the kitchen. I'm the one who's doing the dishes. I'm the one who's going to work. I'm the one who's got to work double shifts right now, and I'm not even making it home until my kids are already asleep. I'm the one that's got to work this hard, and now we've got to hear the pastor say something like, you know what, you just got to find time to lay at the feet of Jesus, and I don't even have time to hardly lay down at all. It is easy to be Mary when you're not Martha. See, if we just contrast them in this story just looking at their names alone, Mary actually means beloved, the beloved one where where art thou, beloved? you know like you think like the perfect life just this is this is what we want someone walking around with their head in their clouds, this is the picture God gives us of of Mary, you know, and then we see the opposite side of this. we see that Martha actually means lady of the house, it means the one with the responsibility, the one that's taking care of things, the one that's practical. And see, what concerns me when we look at this passage is when in the church today, when I see the Marys start to become critical of Martha's. Well, you know what their problem is. They just don't spend enough time with God. They just, if they would just spend more time on their face worshiping God, then, then everything would be better for them. But I wonder if we were to take a step back and look at it, the only reason that we get moments like this, like a Mary, where we can come in And spend a little time basking in the presence of God is because there's Marthas that are serving right now, so you and I can be in this room. That in fact, we should give it up for our children's ministry workers right now. There are some Marthas taking some pies in the face right now in Kids Church. There are some Marthas that are holding babies. There are some Marthas that have a perimeter around this property to keep people safe on a security team here. We see that there are so many people that step forward and serve just like Martha so that you and I can have moments like this where we can sit and bask in the presence of God. I think the truth is for most of us, whether you would relate more to being a Martha where you're really busy or you'd relate more in the stage of your life to being a Mary where you have more time to just spend with God. I think if we were honest, for most of us, our life is made up of more time that is just monotonous duties. The the Martha type times in life where I gotta go to the grocery store and then I gotta run to the bank and then we gotta get to this place and I gotta take the kids to soccer and then we gotta get to the doctor. And it's just the day in, day out monotonous things in life. See, I wonder what happens when you feel like your life is a little bit more like Martha than a little bit more like Mary. And I think when we look in this passage, um, we can get discouraged sometimes because there's been a lot of emphasis on the fact that we, we just need to you know, relate more to Mary and, and put away all the busy stuff in life. And we think that really Jesus is coming down on Martha here. But really, I think that that's a misunderstanding Because we see here in Scripture, it says, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. He says her name twice. And I think, you know, take it back to shows like the Brady Bunch, where Marcia, Marcia, you know. It's like, you think he said her name twice, so it's got to be condescending. It's got to be corrective. But really the emphasis we see in Scripture here, as her name is listed twice, is not an emphasis of correction or rebuke. It's an emphasis of sympathy. Jesus is emphasizing with Martha. He said, Martha, Martha, you're you're so worried and upset about many things. And then he goes on and says, but only one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen what is better. He, Jesus is not rebuking her for being a servant. He understands this is her house. Someone's got to get prepared for the guests to come over. Someone's got to put the flowers out. Someone's got to cook, cook the food and then clean the dishes and, and do all this. Someone has to to be busy, and Jesus never says to Martha, you need to be more like Mary. He doesn't say that. I think a lot of us jump to that conclusion, but he never says to her, you should be more like Mary. What he does say is that Mary has chosen the better part of life, and that's to spend time with me, because life is going to be made up with all of these really busy, monotonous moments, and, and right now you're worried about all this, and, and I understand, it's your house, you've got to be. You've, someone's got to take care of, of their responsibilities, but, but don't be mad at Mary, because Mary's looking at all this and going, I just want to spend some time with Jesus, and there's nothing wrong with that either. I think just to kind of jump back into the story for a moment, I want to ask you to do it from the perspective of Martha. Because Martha's exasperated. I mean, think about it. They're they're over at her house, and Jesus is in the living room. She's off in the kitchen or, or working somewhere, and, and and she wants to be out there. I mean, she wants to hear what's going on. She's listening, and she sees Mary's there, and and, and Mary gets to lay at Jesus's feet and hang out with them and spend time with them, and she really wants to go out there and spend time with them too. See. I don't think there's a tone at all that, that Martha didn't want to spend time with Jesus. She's upset because she wanted to spend time with Jesus. It's not that like, oh, geez, there's the Messiah going on and on in the other room. You know, No. Her tone instead is can like maybe I could get some help and we could get this done so I could go spend some time with Jesus too like maybe you know and Mary gets to spend all this time but maybe if I got some help then I could go get to spend a little bit of time with Jesus too she's exasperated and finally she comes into the living room and she asks Jesus a very important question she says Lord do you care I mean, specifically in the story, she's asking, do you care that I'm working and my sister's not working right now? Could she come help me? But I believe that the tone of this and the depth of this question is so much bigger than that circumstance right at that moment. She asked, Lord, do you care? Do do you care about the fact that I'm busy? Do you care about the fact that I've got so much responsibility? Do you care that... I didn't get to get up and read my Bible for an hour and a half today. Do you care that I'm not laying at your feet, that I've got to go to work? Do you care uh, for me? Am am I your concern, really, she's asking. Now, I I know you're concerned about the people that are laying on the ground at your feet, listening to your teachings and hanging out with you, but but what about me when I'm so busy and I've got so much going on? Do, Do you care about me? She begins to ask a question that I believe really pulls on the heartstrings of many of us in this room. Because when your life is made up of so many Martha moments, it's going from one busyness to another. One, one struggle to another. One problem to another. Because life starts to get more problems. The more responsibilities you have, now you have problems at work you got to fix. You get a marriage, now you have problems in your marriage you have to fix. You have kids, now you have problems with your kids you got to fix. And you got to teach them how to fix their own problems. Your life gets so much more of this monotonous problem-fixing stuff that we find ourselves just like Martha asking, God, do you care? Do you care about what's going on in my life? Jesus answers her and says, You're troubled and you're worried about many things. And see, I think the fact that he could point out the fact that she's worried about many things shows something really good about her. She's a multitasker. She's got skills because you have to be good at many things if you're going to be troubled about many things. And she has responsibilities in a lot of different areas. We have people in our church who are responsible in a lot of different areas. You're good at a lot of different things. And and he's saying you're troubled about all these different things. But the problem with this, those of us that struggle with being too busy, is we can begin to fall prey to the belief that, that God takes care of those who take care of themselves. Now, ultimately, what that means is God doesn't care about my problems, so I'm just going to fix my problems. I'm going to worry about what's going on for me. If I take care of me, then that's then going to be how I get through life. And We start to think, I'm not going to bother God with all the menial stuff I have to do on a daily basis. I'm not going to bother him with the fact that i got to do the dishes. I'm not going to bother him with the fact that i got 15 errands to run before I get the kids to soccer practice. I'm not going to bother him with those things. And yet the Bible says, cast your cares on Jesus because he cares for you. The argument comes up, well, yeah, I cast the big stuff on Jesus. Uh, Of course I'm going to come to him with the big things, the things that really bother me, the things that really worry me, but I'm not going to bother him with the, the menial things in life and yet that's not what the scripture says at all it says cast it on him cast it all on him why because he cares for you because he cares for you so when your life is running around and you're thinking i'm running late i need a parking space up close at front at the mall if i can get a quick parking space i can get in there get out and we start thinking jesus give me a parking space and start thinking no i can't pray like that that's that's menial that's not important it's not big enough Uh, have you ever been around a child when they pray I love it. It's refreshing. It's so refreshing. If you should serve in our kids' ministry and hear kids pray if you don't have kids of your own because they will pray exactly what's on their mind. And they'll say, they'll, they'll pray prayers like, like, God, thank you for this food, and I like mac and cheese, and I lost my shoe, and when can we go to Disneyland? And you hear a kid pray like that, and you think, wait a minute. Do you think that upset God? Like somehow God's up in heaven going, excuse me. Here I am trying to run the cosmos. I'm I'm controlling everything that takes place in the universe and you dare ask me about a shoe? Really? And then we grow up a little bit and we start to, to learn all this negative behavior and all this lie that the enemy wants us to believe that somehow God doesn't care about the little things we care about. So there's this question that now we see it in Martha. Where Martha's got all these cares and these concerns. Do you care? Do you care about what's going on in my everyday life? Do you care about the fact that I'm so busy right now, I don't even have time to rest, time to relax, time to spend with you. Do you care about this? I think one of the things that really taught me a lot about God's love for me came in a parenting moment when I came home one day a couple of years back, and I, it was, I was exhausted, I was tired, and I've got a list of things to do I didn't get done. And as I'm driving home, I remember, oh, I haven't mowed my lawn in like three weeks. Like, I, I, as I'm coming out of my driveway, I got the old men on my block staring me down like, are you going to do something about that, Sonny? And i like i got to do something. So I, I get home. I'm thinking, i got to mow the lawn. I pull my lawnmower out, and Rachel runs out, and she goes, Hi, Daddy, can we play? You want to you play hide-and-seek? You want to do something fun? And I said, I can't. Um, i got to mow the lawn. Why don't you head back inside, and, and I'll, I'll catch up with you later. And she looks at me, and she goes, Can I mow the lawn with you? And it, that cut me deep. <laughs> it cut me deep because I realized like what she wanted from me in relationship was just to spend time with me. So I pulled her up on my lap and, I, and we threw the lawnmower in gear and we mowed the lawn together and we laughed together and it was such a wonderful experience. And in that moment, sitting on the lawnmower with my daughter, I started to realize one of the characteristics and the trait of our God who loves us so much and that's the fact that he just wants to spend time with you. He, he just loves you and he just wants to do life with you. And in the busy moments of life, I learned there that, you know what? I can do this busy moment in this mundane task of mowing the lawn, and I can include God right in the middle of it. Just like I can include Jesus, uh, my daughter right in the middle of it, I can include Jesus. And I can say, you know what, I've got a couple things to do, but I'm running to this lunch appointment, and I can spend a little time talking to Jesus right now. And I'm in the laundry room and I'm folding laundry and now I'm talking to Jesus about the fact that, you know what, I don't have the time to really lay on the ground and just like bask in your presence. But but how about we spend this time together? Can we talk together now? Would you meet with me now, Lord? So Martha asks, do you care? Do you care about the mundane things in my life? Do you care that I'm so busy that I don't get to do the Start every day with three hours of prayer. Do you care? And Jesus' answer to her so clearly that we see in this passage, but we see it all throughout Scripture, is yes. Yes, I care. Yes, I care about your mundane, daily chores in your life. Yes, I care about what's important to you. And, and, And you are my careful concern. And I can prove it to you because in the very next chapter, John chapter 11, says this. And it's talking about Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. And it says, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. This was written right at a period of time where Lazarus was sick and dying. And it's talking about the fact that he cared for them. Now, what's so interesting about this verse is every other time that Mary and Martha are mentioned in Scripture, Mary is mentioned first. Jesus loved Mary and Martha Jesus loved Mary and Martha and their brother Lazarus but here in a point of pain in a point of worry in a point of anxiety the the writer directed by the Holy Spirit writes Martha's name first and says Jesus loves Martha and her sister and Lazarus he's saying you and I who are busy he cares about us We are his careful concern. He does care what you're going through on a daily basis, and he just wants to spend your day with you. If you would bow your heads and close your eyes, I, I just want to encourage those of you that came in today that would feel like, you know what, life's just busy, it's crazy, it's hectic, and you've got this voice just bugging you in the back of your head saying, you know what, if you could just spend more time worshiping, just spend more time with Jesus, if you could just make it to more worship service, then then God's going to be pleased with you. And the truth is what God shows us all throughout Scripture, is that he just wants to spend every moment with you. Not just the big moments. Not just the service moments, but every moment. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for every person in this room. And I pray right now that this word, as it goes forward and and you plant it in our hearts, that this would be something that encourages us. That God, it encourages us to know that you care for us, you love us. But God, we wouldn't use this as an excuse to not spend more time with you. But God, we would learn from your love for us that, that we can spend every moment with you. We can mow the lawn with you. We can drive the kids to soccer with you. We can fold the clothes. We can go into the board meeting. We can do all of that with you. So God, please don't ever allow us to get so busy in life that we forget to include you in those moments. So God, I pray for encouragement in this room. I pray that you would encourage all the Marys in this room, encourage all the Marthas in this room, that God, you so desperately love us. So help us to grow closer to you. Help us to understand your love more for our lives. And it's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Would you give him a shout of praise before we go? He's good.